Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So you may want to just kind of take a note of, uh, or make a note, I guess, uh, of where you are right now when I tell you this, because it's going to be uh, a, a point in your life that you will always remember, sort of like when we all died from net neutrality. Um, this is a similar uh, point in time, like the Kennedy assassination, the space shuttle blowing up, 9-11. Right? These are like markers in our lives that we will recall. So you ready? Take note of your surroundings. I've sort of lost faith for a while. I won't be, be able to do big things. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why, and we can. We end cancer as we know it. There you go. I was not aware that this had occurred, but we ended cancer as we know it. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I feel like I follow this stuff pretty closely, too. But I love the exchange there that he's having with this imaginary person that asks him, oh, if you could do one thing, what would you do? And he says, oh, I'd cure cancer. And their response isn't something along the lines of, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Or world peace or whatever. No, no, their response is, according to Joe's story, is, why cancer? (laughs) Of all the diseases, Joe, why pick cancer to cure? (laughs) But... Yeah, apparently he ended it as we know it. I'm not sure. Sister told you over at redstate.com. The video makes it more than clear what Biden said, but you wouldn't know it by reading the official White House transcript, which altered his words to say something that he did not say, which is they say he says we can end cancer as we know it. Now, maybe that's what he meant to say. And maybe we need like a Trump whisperer. We need a Biden whisperer to tell us what he means when he says things that we're like, huh? So this way we have, you know, something on the record or an official person on the record uh, to tell us what he meant to say was he wasn't in business with Hunter. All those times he said he never talked about business. He wasn't in business. See, that's a difference. So there you go. Things you learned today. We ended cancer as we knew it. I'm not sure what's going to happen to all the cancer clinics, but whatever. Um, I am aware that uh, Fox News is reporting that the Hunter Biden plea deal, according to the scrawl at the or the crawl at the bottom of the screen, what used to be called the Chiron, I think, but um, it appears to fall apart at hearing. So the plea deal appears to fall apart. So there's some wiggle room in there. It may not fall apart. Fox is just saying it appears to fall apart, but. You know, maybe they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. We shall see. But Miranda Devine over at uh, the New York Post, she says Fox News reporting Hunter Biden's plea deal is being questioned by a judge. The judge in the case asked the prosecution if there was an ongoing in, uh, existing investigation into Hunter Biden. And they said yes. Prosecutor said yes. There is an ongoing existing investigation into Hunter Biden. 
Oh, so wait, so it's not over. Interesting. I thought that the sweetheart plea deal meant that Hunter Biden took responsibility for all of his actions. And that all of this now is old news. It's all just, you know, we're putting this behind us. Mistakes were made. People got hurt. Women were sex trafficked, whatever. So now, uh, apparently, there's more. There's more investigating to do. The judge is asking if she can accept a guilty plea because it would give Hunter immunity to future charges. Right. So if he's still under investigation and I accept this deal, then does that prevent prosecution on any related items? The judge asks, does the ongoing probe involve FARA, the Foreign Agent Registration Act? Because remember, uh, Hunter Biden was acting as an unregistered foreign agent. He was representing the interests of Burisma and China and he did not register as a foreign agent. And I don't mean foreign agent like spy. I mean, let's be honest. Although, with Hunter Biden's ability across all sorts of industries and sectors, he's got just this wide portfolio of expertise. He could be a foreign agent. He very well could be a spy. Maybe he just, like, read a bunch of old-timey comic books and, like, picked up some tricks of the trade, and now he's a, now he's a, a spy, too. I don't know. The judge asked if it involves Farah, and the prosecution does not answer. So that's a yes. Judge began by questioning whether pleading guilty to two tax misdemeanors could be tied to the diversion on uh, the gun charge. So, okay, look, can we put the misdemeanors in with the gun charge and make it a misdemeanor because he's not got any jail time? Look, I don't think this deal has fallen apart. I really don't. Now, I think there may be some trouble some of the lawyers might be in, or at least one of them might be in, because apparently the accusation is that she uh, called up the clerk of court and pretended to be a lawyer for the opposing party in order to try to get some stuff sealed, taken off of the website. Yeah, that's not good. If that happened, that's, that's really not good. Hunter Biden's lawyers have responded to allegations that they conspired to lie uh, uh, to a court clerk in Hunter Biden's criminal case in Delaware by saying the incident was simply an unfortunate misunderstanding. Gosh, there's so many of those around Hunter Biden, isn't it? It's just amazing. Uh, Delaware judge Mary Ellen Noreka, Noreka, Noriaka, Noriaka. I'm going to go with Noreka. Had ordered the first son's attorneys to explain themselves by 9 p.m. Tuesday or be sanctioned just months before the deadline. Not months, sorry. I'm just, I can read, I promise. I swear I can read this sentence. I read like all the time, for a living almost. Just before the deadline, Hunter's lawyer, Matthew Salerno, did file a response claiming the incident uh, came down to an unfortunate and unintentional miscommunication. See, when I said I was from this law firm, I wasn't from that law firm. Uh, it's just a simple misunderstanding because I said that and led you to believe it. Anyway, it was alleged that Hunter's lawyers sought to remove testimony from the IRS whistleblowers. They wanted that taken out of the record. Why? Why? 
Why would you want that taken out of the record? Ah, because the Republicans want it in. Because they're suggesting the revelations from the IRS whistleblowers indicate that there's way more to this story than what Hunter is being charged with. And she should not, the judge, Noreka, should not accept the plea deal. Because the whistleblowers say that the Justice Department's lackluster criminal investigation into his tax offenses uh, should be considered. And Hunter's lawyers want it removed. Salerno, this is, again, Hunter Biden's lawyer, said, quote, The matter under consideration appears to stem from an unfortunate and unintentional miscommunication between a staff member at our firm, a low-ranking employee in the Cincinnati field office, I believe, Um, and employees of the court. We have no idea how the misunderstanding occurred, but our understanding is there was no misrepresentation. So their lawyer, woman by the name of Jessica Bengals, from Cincinnati? I hear that's where they are. Anyway, she is a staffer for the law firm, and she is accused of pretending to be from another law firm. She has a phone number which should show up as Latham on the clerk's caller ID. Latham is the law firm that Hunter Biden's lawyers are with, Latham and Watkins. Salerno attached an affidavit from Jessica Bengals in which she claimed she initially called a different court clerk named Julia from that Latham phone, identified herself truthfully, but was later called back by the first clerk, Samantha. And somewhere between those two, there was a miscommunication about who asked for it to be removed. At 11.54 a.m., another court employee called my Latham and Watkins phone number, which I believe she knew through caller ID, to let me know she would be removing the material from the docket. She did not ask which law firm I was affiliated with, and at no time during this call did I mention anything about my law firm affiliation. So the clerk may have called the wrong number, and Jessica Bengal, who had asked apparently for this to be removed, gets a call from the clerk, says we're removing it. Bengal's like, cool, that's what we wanted. But apparently the clerk thought she was calling the other lawyer. I believe there are, uh, sorry, I believe there have been some confusion. See, this is, there may have been some confusion. There we go. When Julia passed the information on to the other court employee, resulting in a mistaken understanding that I had called from Mr. Catilla's law firm. Because Mr. Catilla represents in an amicus brief filed on behalf of a Republican lawmaker. The Republican lawmaker wants it on the record, wants it as part of the record that uh, the IRS whistleblowers said, hey, there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on, and they put the kibosh on us. They wouldn't give us information. They stonewalled our investigation and all that, and so the judge should look at that and say, you know what? This deal stinks. This deal reeks of collusion. Like of the like of the Russian kind, like the steel dossier, you know, like that kind of collusion. It's the iron law of woke projection, right? They are guilty of that which they accuse you. Let's go to the phone lines and get Joe on the program. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm good, Pete. I'm good. Good. What's going on? Uh, so I'm just laughing. I just want to watch these guys turn themselves into a pretzel because uh, to one, uh, it's a it's a a Trump appointed. Uh, where are we, says? Um, 
you know, they keep saying that, keep saying that, keep saying that. Well, what the, the dirty little secret that they don't tell you is that when Biden administration came in, they fired all the AGs except for him. Yeah, David Weiss, yeah. Yeah, that's, they fired everybody that Trump appointed except for him. So what, he's a rhino, obviously? Well, okay. I think... Well, no, I, I or, think that they... wolf in sheep's clothing, whichever way you want to do it. Well, I think, number one, the guy's from Delaware. I think that's right. the key, right? He's, he's from Delaware, and so he's connected to the Biden family in Delaware, so it, to some degree, in that local political scene, for starters. But also, from, from an optics standpoint, if he were to have gotten rid of Weiss, he would have been open to, to allegations that he was trying to rig the investigation and the prosecution and all so rather than have to do that, what he could do is just have the people that work around David Weiss. Think about uh, like Robert Mueller, right? The Robert Mueller example where they had all of these Weissmen was one of the guys that was pulling all the strings in the Mueller investigation, right? So you don't you can have the figurehead. And if you got somebody like Leslie Wolf, the assistant U.S. attorney under David Weiss, and she's able to coordinate along with DOJ and along with uh, you know, other actors inside the Biden administration to put the kibosh on various avenues of pursuit in the investigation, then you can keep Weiss as a figurehead, as the fig leaf, you know? Well, well as as the talking point for all the talking heads. Absolutely. This and, was... And, but but, uh, but it's going to be fun because, well, wait a second, he's an appointee from Trump, so it's got to be okay what's, what's happened. Now it's a appointee by the judge, a, point, a Trump appointee by the judge. And now they're going to say, oh, she's just sticking up for judge, uh, for Trump. Well, you can't have it both ways. Right. Well, they can because, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. They, because they're Democrats. They're going to. Yeah, they're yeah. Going to. <laughs> yeah, they're going to try. Uh, Joe, I appreciate the call. The, the, the only difference is that in one case, the, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney gives them the cover they seek, and in this case, the Trump-appointed judge is making their life difficult. So obviously she's partisan. Right. But to Joe's point, they're both Trump appointments. So, yeah, they're going to have it both ways. They're going to try to. All right, so here's Philip Wegman. Um, he is with, who is he with? I think he's with the Washington, oh, no, Real Clear News. Uh, he says, Hunter Biden's plea deal has fallen apart, according to multiple reports. Things went south when the defense discovered that he would not be immune to future prosecution, notably including charges related to representing foreign governments. And that's when Hunter's team pulled the plug. Interesting. So the plea deal also had some sort of a a mechanism there that protected Hunter from any future prosecution, even in matters that were unrelated to the gun charges and the misdemeanor tax evasion. Because Farah is a separate thing than the tax evasion. I mean, I understand that he was evading taxes while operating as a foreign agent, unregistered. But that's a separate violation that he was not charged with. And so if there's an ongoing investigation on that front that was not specifically addressed with the plea deal, but the defense team seemed to think it was, okay, first off, why would the defense team think that was included? Were they given assurances? Were there conversations? Oh, surely, Pete, that would never happen. New York Times says when a top prosecutor in the case said that it would not protect Hunter from future charges, Chris Clark, Biden's lead lawyer, responded by saying that the agreement was null and void. 
Bring it on. All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturette organized the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that. I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Will Scharf is a candidate for Missouri Attorney General. He worked on two Supreme Court confirmations. He's a former federal prosecutor, and he is a former policy director at... Missouri GOV. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Um, guy's, a, guy's a former prosecutor. Here's what he tweeted about the Hunter Biden plea deal that has now reportedly fallen apart, but, and there's a big but here. No pun intended. There's a big but here, which is they might still cut a different one. They could, they, they could work on one that's more limited in scope. See, because all this time, for weeks, we've been talking about the plea deal And it had two components, right? It had the tax evasion misdemeanors, which the IRS whistleblower said, you don't charge those as misdemeanors. Those are felonies. You charge the felonies. You always, that's the IRS policy. So everybody gets charged with the felony, not the misdemeanor. Number one. That's the first, those are the first two charges on the misdemeanors. No time for those. Pay back some money. Number two was the gun charge, right? Where we knew he was doing drugs. He was, he was an addict. He admitted to this. He wrote about it in his book. And then he went and lied on his application for the firearm and purchased a firearm with false information on the application. And if that was anybody besides Hunter Biden, or if it was somebody with the last name of Trump, for example, um, they would probably be in jail. Most people would get charged for that. And he did, but he cut a deal and he gets a diversion program. But apparently... There was another component to this deal. This is what I just said before the break. I wondered, was this part of the deal that we haven't seen? Like, who were they talking to? What assurances did they have? What? And the judge, District Judge Mary Ellen Noreka, she asked, and good for her, she asked, are you guys investigating him for anything else? And the whole thing came undone. Because what it looks like, just from the reporting, and what I know about the case, what it looks like is that they cut him this deal right here, and then we're going to drop all of the other investigations. Declaring him to have immunity because he had already pled guilty as part of a plea deal. And so all of it goes away. But when she asks, is he under investigation for any of these more serious charges... And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, sort of, kind of. Well, now what? You getting immunity for this? These aren't related. So here's Will Scharf, again, former federal prosecutor. The Hunter Biden plea deal was apparently more outrageous and far-reaching than had uh, previously been publicly known. 
in return for pleading to the two misdemeanor tax fraud charges with a joint recommendation of no prison time, Hunter was getting not just pre-trial diversion on his felony gun charge that would leave his record clear if he completed probation, but also broad guarantees against further prosecution on a wide range of other charges that have not been publicly aired as of yet. Hunter refused to plead guilty without these guarantees. So the judge effectively blew up the plea. Hunter wants to walk away from a decade of criminal activity, including potential FARA violations and other serious criminal charges with just a slap on the wrist. It's a scandal that Biden's DOJ was willing to agree to this kind of a deal in the first place. Fortunately, Judge Noreka, uh, is it Noria? Noreka? Uh, is having none of it. She is not playing ball with this. So I think I speak for everybody when I say the real story is here how Republicans are about to pounce on this as right, how they're going to seize on this in order to attack Joe Biden because he loves his son. There was a, it's a piece here at the uh, New York Post by Michael Goodwin who was urging the judge to scrap this, to reject the plea deal. Because that does happen, by the way. Judges can strike down these plea agreements. Just because the two parties agree doesn't mean that the judge has to also. They usually do, but they don't have to. So Goodwin writes that with the sensational testimony and impeachment talk serving as a backdrop... Oh, hang on a second. Let me skip ahead, because that's, that's irrelevant. Forget I said that. Strike that from the record. District Judge Mary Ellen Noreka was nominated to the federal bench by Donald Trump. True enough. But she won Senate confirmation with the support of Delaware's two Democrat senators. So she also would have to set aside worries about outside pressure and even retaliation. There's a clear precedent for her to send the parties back to the drawing board, most notably the case involving former Trump official General Michael Flynn. Remember, Washington, D.C. has a judge named Emmett Sullivan. Remember this clown? Uh, Sorry, lawyer with the wardrobe change. He initially rejected the Trump Justice Department's move to drop its case against Flynn for lying to the FBI. And the judge even went and appointed a retired judge to examine the facts. Although Flynn had pleaded guilty, justice lawyers argued they could not prove he intended to lie or that his his comments were material to an investigation. But Sullivan resisted until he was forced to approve the settlement by a higher court. But still, there's your precedent. Noreka doesn't even have to go that far, because she's got way more material to work with, including the indefensible decision involving the statute of limitations, right? Where the U.S. Attorney's Office slow-walked the probe by the IRS, stymied them, put up obstacles, wouldn't let him search places, uh, you know, tipped off uh, the Bidens about plans to interview them, told them they couldn't talk about the big guy or interview and ask any questions about Hunter's dad, right? They, they, they erected all of these obstacles and slow walked the process so the statute of limitations would expire on the tax evasion from the money earned from Burisma. Check that. From the money received by Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. Because that was for 2013 and 2014. 
He declared $400,000 of income from Burisma as a loan instead of a payment for serving on the board. The agency let the deadline pass despite having evidence that Hunter's partner warned him he had to declare the money as income and refile his taxes. Hunter did not do that and got away with paying zero taxes because the fix was in. They slow walked it. They let him keep the money. Remember, this guy comes from the Biden family. You know, his dad, who was on the campaign trail all the time, talking about and, and, and in presidential addresses and for years, right, talking about rich people needing to pay their fair share. Again, I really am waiting to see just how the Republicans pounce on this. Because remember, rule number two of journalisming is when the scandal is about a Democrat, the story is about the Republican response to the scandal. Now, when the scandal is about a Republican, the story is the scandal. But it's different when Democrats do it. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. We now have breaking news from Paula Reed, not the one that Joe Biden got fresh with. Paula Reed from CNN. Update. Hunter Biden plea deal is back on again. Oh, thank goodness. I thought for some reason that like this was going to, you know, end with justice or something. Right. I mean, but no, no. What was dead is now alive again. To a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. He was then transferred to a better hospital where doctors upgraded his condition to alive. There you go. The, The plea deal lives again. It's back up off the floor. According to prosecutors and the defense, there is no Hunter Biden plea deal. Biden had been expected to plead guilty to two tax misdemeanors. So it fell apart at the hearing, but it has been revived. It is back on. How? Good question. I suspect what they're going to do is uh, get him to agree. Look, Hunter, this is just best to get all of the tax evasion stuff out. We'll we'll get we'll get you more deals. We'll get you more deals on the Farah violations and all of that. Because when the judge started asking about, wait a minute, does does this give him immunity from any other prosecution that you guys are actually investigating right now? And they're like, uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. And then when she was like, no. It's just for these charges. And then Hunter's like, no, no, it has to be for all of it. I can't, I can't be held to account. And so they scrapped it and then it came back. I guess they convinced him. Look, dude, don't be an idiot. We'll sell lots more of your paintings. (laughs) It'll be okay. Meanwhile, we have also some uh, developments uh, on the connection to the big guy, Joe. So, Biden and the White House staff, right, they've been saying categorically maintaining that Joe had no knowledge 
of any foreign dealings of his son, despite all of the multiple trips overseas to the countries that just so happened to be paying Hunter Biden through the shell accounts that then went to Joe Biden. But whatever. He had no idea. He never discussed any of the business with his dad or with his son. Right. That's what they have been saying. Now, we know that's a lie. It's been proven to be a lie. But Biden continued to say it. And because we don't have a, 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 an honest press corps uh, up in D.C., uh, nobody really cares. Now, a bit of a shift in the narrative. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. So I've, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Do you notice the difference in the language? It's now. He was not in business with his son versus never talked to his son about the business, which I said from the very beginning is that's obvious garbage because you talk with your kid, especially when you bring him along on trips to China and Ukraine, right? You talk with, hey, kid, how's the business going? So now they're saying, oh, no, no, he wasn't in business with his son. This is classic backpedaling. It's like the voter ID debate happens the same way every single time. It just happened again this week. And I actually I, I, I was talking to this left wing moon bat and I was like, here's the here's the way this conversation is going to go. You're going to say there's no such thing as fraud. I'm then going to present evidence that there is voter fraud. You're then going to say, oh, it's not a lot. It doesn't affect outcomes. I then say it is uh, a lot enough to affect outcomes. Here are a bunch of close races that were, in fact, determined by one vote. And a single vote fraud in uh, a, a ballot cast in a fraudulent ballot cast in that election changed the outcome of that election. And then crickets, they pull the uh, they pull the escape hatch and whoosh, away they go. And they live to argue another day and they'll reset. And that's what this is. It starts off with the premise. They never talked about it. That gets proven to be untrue. What's the fallback? Oh, we were not in business. It's the same thing with the critical race theory, right? Mott and Bailey approach. It is, oh, well, there's no critical race theory being taught in the schools. And then when you show them that it is, oh, well, it's not really a lot. I mean, it's just one teacher. And then you're like, no, it's actually all in the curriculum and stuff. And then, oh, well, it's actually a good thing, <laughs> right? This is the, it's like the stages of grief here. It, ha- it unfolds the same way every time. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked by Fox News journalist Jillian Turner that question. Uh, And according to this is uh, Jonathan Turley. He says it takes an utter contempt for the intelligence of the public to insist that the answer remains the same as Jean-Pierre said and then give an entirely new answer. Utter contempt for you. (laughs) 